Pray with me, please. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful, gathered here, all five of us, and kindle in us the fire of your love, Lord. We would all love to hear straight from you, Jesus. So speak, please, to our very hearts. Take the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts and make them acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So it's New Year's-ish, like the 11th, I think. Uh, Somebody stuck their head in my office a minute ago and said, I've got a New Year's resolution, and they told me it was very funny. They were being cute. And I've made some New Year's resolutions. One of the things that I'm thinking about this year, or at least considering, is this phrase, I want to do less things better. I'm a very busy person, and I like to stay active, and I like to be involved in stuff. So I don't think you're going to notice that Gary's not doing anything around the church. But what I, I think what I mean to myself is that I don't necessarily need to add a lot more to the church's plate this year. What I need to do is see that the things that the church is doing are done maybe even better in some ways. I don't know what that means, but that's kind of the word I heard from the Lord when I was away for a few days. So I, I guess that's what I'd like for us all to consider in this brief reflection is, you know, what, what kind of New Year's resolutions have we made? And uh, I want to add one uh, to your list, maybe, uh, with, uh, with my priestly prerogative or my rector prerogative. Here it is. Uh, where are you, where are we, boldly confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in our lives? Where are we doing that? Like I said, I had this special treat. I, I broke out my old 1979 prayer book because uh, that's where I got the idea from. Last week as I was preparing my sermon and I read, I went online and before I knew it, I was actually reading the Episcopal Church's collect instead of the Anglican Church. And then I went, that doesn't sound right. Not that there's anything heretical about it. It just didn't, I had read it before and this didn't sound like the exact same words. So listen to these words for this same Sunday that we're celebrating, the baptism of our Lord. Father in heaven, who at the baptism of Jesus in the river of Jordan, proclaimed him your beloved son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit. That's almost word for word what we said a minute ago. Here's the part where it shifts a little bit. Grant that all who are baptized into his name, we actually say into water and the spirit now, that they may keep the covenant they have made. And here it is. And this is not included in the 2019. And boldly confess him as Lord and Savior. Who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. I, I don't know why, but I really fell in love with that. I'm, I'm sort of an evangelist. I think my, one of my spiritual gifts might be evangelism. So the idea that we tell other peoples about Jesus, however we do it, you know, makes sense to me. I'm not afraid of proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Maybe that was it. Or maybe I'm sensing that many of us don't realize that we are actually doing it. Uh, Proclaiming Jesus as Lord and Savior, I think, can be done three ways. That's what kind of came to me this week as I was preparing the longer sermon. Um, We can profess Jesus as Lord and Savior in our thoughts, um, as we read the creed or as we say the creed, um, uh, as as we spend time. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. We can express Jesus as Lord and Savior in words. Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. One of my favorite parts about saying that is Paul says in the New Testament that we really can't say it and mean it if the Holy Spirit is not in us. If the Holy Spirit is not in us, Paul says, then we cannot say with meaning, with faith, and with belief that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. It's just like we're saying there's a stop sign over there. But when we say it and mean it, it's because the Holy Spirit is empowering us to do that. And I love that idea. And lastly, we can proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior in our deeds, which I think in our culture is the easiest thing for us to do. 
Jody Bennett said, it's really tough to receive all the love. There's somebody here today who's helping with flowers, who's called her a couple times this week, and she's really being overwhelmed by this sense that the church and her friends really want to do something for her and help her. We all love to help other people. We like the warm fuzzy and the way it feels to do something, but when we're on the receiving end, maybe of all the prayers that were coming for a sick grandchild uh, or of a health condition, it makes us a little uncomfortable. We like to do things. We don't necessarily like things being done for us in Jesus' name. What does that say about us? I'll leave that for you to decide. So what I thought I'd do is give you some examples of how I think the church overall professes Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior with a nod or, an, or a, a leaning toward maybe as we're going through this quick little list, each one of us thinking about, well, where in my life in those three areas is this happening? For some of you, I think this is going to be easy because I think you probably are aware that you're pro- professing Jesus as Lord and Savior in thought, word, and deed. But maybe for a couple of us, this might be new news. So anyway... The church proclaims Jesus as Lord and Savior primarily in worship. Uh, uh, By proclaiming it in the prayers that we do in worship, um, either silently or aloud. Uh, By proclaiming in our worship uh, what God has done for us and giving thanks for all he's done for us, the healings, the prosperity, uh, the unity that this church has enjoyed for three years. Uh, We have been a unified group of people, whether it's been through illness or been through COVID or been through prosperity, whatever it has, this church feels very unified. We're proclaiming Jesus' thought as Lord in our thoughts as we give thanks for that unity. And in goodwill. There seems to be a nature of goodwill that permeates this church. And that's a way that we could think about proclaiming Christ as Lord and Savior. Uh, The second way is word. Um, That's obvious. We do that in worship when we stand and say things like glory to God in the highest or we say the creeds. We're proclaiming by word that we believe he's Lord and Savior. Uh, We can proclaim it at our homes in our quiet time. We can proclaim it around uh, our meals when the men were gathered the other night in 90s strong, when we stopped to pray out loud or when we did the service here for the graduates of Gospel Challenge. We're proclaiming by word and giving thanks for God to all, for all that he's done for us. And lastly, like I said, the easiest one is deed. Um, here's a short list of the deeds of this church. I don't know why I like to do this, but maybe it's just a reminder. Um, deeds like Hammerheads or Flower Guild or Prayer Warriors or Pastoral Care Team or, more tangibly, water in Kenya, churches in the Abacos, medicine in North Korea, uh, provision in Mexico, and provision in Haiti. Or locally, at Helping Hands, Friendship Place, Teach My People, and our PGW Preschool are all places we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior indeed. So back to my original thought. Where are we cooperating with Jesus to fulfill all righteousness as we heard in the gospel and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior? Attending Wednesday worship is one way. It really is. And that's what I meant from the beginning. If you don't have a firm or a solid answer, take a moment today to ask him. He'll answer you. This is something I know, and you are faithful believers in Jesus, all all four of y'all, all all five of y'all. He will show you, I know he will, to whom and where and when he wants you to speak. One of my favorite movies um, was a movie called Michael, and it had John Travolta in it. Did, Did any of you see that movie, Michael, with John Travolta in it? He plays the archangel, Michael. And he comes back to Gene Stapleton. Remember Edith and Archie Bunker? Um, Gene Stapleton is a woman. You may remember the movie now, Gary. 
um, whose husband has died, and this angel comes back, and there's a group of people who are reporting for one of those tabloid newspapers that you see when you check out of the grocery stores, that there's an angel in Illinois. And so they send these uh, skeptical reporters and photographers down there to visit Michael the Angel and Gene Stapleton. And they believe he's an angel, actually, because he has wings and everything else. But he smokes cigarettes and he eats cereal and he pours lots of sugar on things. And whenever he walks through the room, all the women in the movie all smell the various beautiful things like perfume, cookies, or cakes. Like he walks through a bar and all the women just kind of fawn. And it's not because he's beautiful, it's because he has an angelic presence. So it's a really good movie. I recommend it. But to my point about if you'll ask, God will answer. Um, he saves one of the character's little dogs. I mean, he, he, he goes through this long discussion that he's not God and that he can't heal things, but he has been given certain powers. The dog gets hit by a car, he picks up the dog, and he brings the dog back to life. And the owner of the dog, who's going with him on this trip, looks at him and says, I'll do anything you want. And John Travolta looks at him and says, I'm going to need you to say you're sorry. And he goes, I'm sorry. And he goes, no, no, no. Not right now, I'll tell you when. So the movie goes on, they're all in jail later in the movie. And the guy whose dog was healed says something really ugly to another one of the cast members in the movie. And Travolta, as the angel, wakes up from, he's sleeping in the jail because he knows everything's gonna be fine. And he turns and looks at the guy and he goes, apologize. And the guy's like, what? He said, apologize. And that's when that guy realizes, oh, I told him I would say I'm sorry. And I said it impulsively, but this is where he wants me to do it because it'll matter. That's what I'm saying to each one of you friends of mine who really believe God is who he is and Jesus is his son. If we want to proclaim Jesus boldly by word and example, then what we have to do is ask him those questions, where, Lord, and to whom do you want me to do it? And then be ready, because when he calls you to boldly confess him as Lord and Savior, he will give you the words. It doesn't have to be as strong as repent or burn in hell. It could simply be to put your arm around Jody Bennett on the couch and say, Joni, God loves you and I love you, and I'm so sorry you're going through that. That is a bold confession that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Amen.